Welcome to Filled to Flourish with Luke and Lauren. Where emotional health takes a stage and your story matters. Hello, everybody. We're back and excited today to talk to you about the topic that we have planned. It's so good. Can you give me a drum roll? (laughs) The vulnerability of relational bids. Ooh, so good. So good. And so fundamental to relationships. Absolutely. And I think it really is a good one to talk about um, following the last couple yeah. about attachment because it has so much to do with our attachment and how um, we receive love, mm-hmm. give love. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I'm just really excited to talk with you about it. I am too. And uh, You know what I'm also excited about? What? This growing following followership that we have. Seriously. Thank you, everybody who's listening. So, so cool to see. I mean, we can't see who it is. So whoever you are out there, we love you. Thank you for listening. But we can see the numbers and it's just so awesome. How many people encouraging? Yeah. Like this is such an interest for people. People want better, stronger, healthier relationships. Mm -hmm. They want to be healthier themselves internally. And I'm just so pumped. I am too. That people love that we are giving um, this content. Yeah. And just sharing honestly. And I'm having so much fun doing it. I know. It's great. Like in counseling, I don't get to counsel very much with you. No, we don't. But in this, we're not counseling, but we're working together and it's yeah. been a, a it's joy. So fun. Yeah. All right. So let's jump in All to right. the vulnerability of relational bids. Okay. You said that word really good. Thank this you. That, that V word is uh, difficult for me sometimes. <laughs> Literally, when we were first married, he could not say vulnerability or vulnerable. Well, what'd you say? Your tongue like literally couldn't say it. It was yeah. like vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, a little bit <laughs> like that. <laughs> and I made fun of him all the time. <sighs> Which wasn't good for a bit. It wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. I've been I'm working sorry. a long time, really hard on that word for you a have, decade. And you kind of needed to because you can't really be a counselor without being able to say vulnerable. No. It's kind of a big part of the. <laughs> a, little, a little nervous about saying that now. <laughs> I was gonna be listening to my, my. To uh, how you pronounce that word? Yes, vulnerable. Yeah. So what? What? Tell us about. Give us some foundation for what are relational bids and why do they matter? Yeah. So um, John Gottman is the person who came up with the term um, relational bids, and he's. Um, He's actually a mathematician. Oh. Yeah. And his wife is a clinician, but he was interested in researching what makes and breaks marriages. Okay. And he came from it from a like a statistical, statistical analysis perspective. Huh. And um, he's been doing it for 40 years. He initially started um, just asking questions and recording people while they're answering these questions. And studying the videos hmm. and it turned into, he actually had people staying in, um, hot- oh. like, go ahead. The love lab. <laughs> the love lab. Yes. Um, I always forget what it's called. The love lab. And it's basically just a hotel room with video cameras, um, with, with their permission. permission, with their permission, <laughs> of course. Uh, and he was just studying, um, interactions, conversations when, when no one else is around, just a normal, everyday conversations, interactions, um, and then studies uh, the relationships. And then after, and they follow the relationships and sees which one stays married and which one um, Mm. um, 
get divorced and then tries to analyze what was it that um, they can connect that caused the relationships that end in divorce to not grow and flourish, but turn into deteriorate and which ones were helping the, the ones that did continue and, and blossom and flourish. What was it? Was there something in those relationships that he could kind of analyze and, yeah. and just, okay, these are some steps that you can do in marriage to, to grow a healthy relationship. Um, and he did find some things and it's been, it's really interesting reading, looking at his research and his, the work that he does, um, that, uh, one of the things that he noticed was a relational bid mm -hmm. and what a relational bid is, is it's just a request to connect. It's the fun fundamental unit of emotional communication. Um, it's, so I like that that's a unit. It's like mm -hmm. a giving and a taking. Yeah. It's an exchange. Um, it's, you know, so bids, um, they can be really obvious. Yeah. And really noticeable, or they can be very subtle and, um, missed and that's what's tricky about bids um is when they're missed yes um or when they're not re positively responded to yeah um so a, a, a obvious bid would be like seeing someone and going up to them with your arms out for a hug right there's a very obvious culturally understood that's a bid mm -hmm. they want a a that's a point of connection. Well, like in dating, it's like, oh, you want to go out on a date? Mm. You want to go to dinner? Mm -hmm. That's a bid. Mm. And people know that there's a bid and they they weigh the, if I'm going to take this bid, mm -hmm. that means I'm interested. If I don't take this bid, it means I'm not interested. I don't want to pursue anything. Yeah. But it's the subtle ones that once you're in a relationship, it's, it's anything from like eye contact. It's uh, sitting across the table and looking at each other or you're sitting in the living room watching a movie and you kind of look over does my spouse or my significant other notice me mm -hmm. and if they do notice me maybe you wink at them or you're like kind of flirtatious sometimes we just like oh he's he or she's being ridiculous and kind of playfully push it away or ignore it or just laugh it off but we don't mm -hmm. receive it mm -hmm. and um so what does that message communicate Right. And so there's three ways that you can respond to a, an emotional bid. The obvious one is you turn towards it. Okay. You accept it. Okay. You um, maybe even have a, another bid given. Mm. And so there's that exchange. Um, or you turn away from it. And so like somebody's getting ready to go to work and you go up and say goodbye. So you give them a kiss on the cheek. And the other person's just busy and like, okay, bye. I'm make, like making the kids lunch or something. Or breakfast it wasn't a get away from me turning away it was i'm not going i can't i'm not going to connect right now yeah and so you offered connection and i acknowledged it but i didn't respond to it mm -hmm. and then there's the turning against so uh, maybe <laughs> they come and kiss you um say bye and you just like what are you doing? Like, we're fighting. Like, don't do that. Mm. Not like, well, I'm not in that place yeah. where I want to receive that. And so there's a, maybe that person was like, I'm, I'm hoping that things are good. 
So I'm going to try to connect and say, I, I love you. I'm still good. But the other person's not the same place. Yeah. And so there's a rejection of it. Yeah. Not just a ignoring of it, but a rejection. Yeah. So those, so turning towards, turning away or turning against are the three ways that we as humans respond to relational bids. Um, the, the Luke's examples were more physical, right. like a, um, yeah, a physical gesture, a physical bid, um, w interlaced with emotional, um, weight right. but but also it can be purely absolutely no physicality yeah. to it so the um, the husband that had a really um hard day at work and he knows he needs to talk to his wife about it but he's feeling like say he got a demotion mm -hmm. is that word like yeah not a promotion. Okay. Um, and he just feels the horrible yep. pressure and weight of that. Yep. And it feels very vulnerable. Hmm. And so they're going to bed that night and, you know, they're doing whatever they do before they get ready for bed. And, and, and he's all night, like wanting to reach out and, and talk about this, but he's just terrified. Yep. And so eventually he, um, turns towards her and, and says something like, how was your day? Yep. And she's like, it was fine. I'm just exhausted. I'm going to bed now. And maybe she misses. He doesn't normally ask me how my yeah. day is at night. It, he wanted to talk about something. Yeah. And I, I should have asked, how was your day? Right. Yep. And then leaned in towards, you know, his clear vulnerability and just not feeling um, able to just come right out and say what happened, mm -hmm. needing to be kind of um, to work his way towards that. He was testing be, the waters. Yeah. And seeing, is this a place where I'm going to be received? Yep. And before I put too much weight on this conversation and put too much emotion into this risk, it's kind yeah. of like a, a gam it's kind of like a gamble. Yeah. Like I'm gonna start out small so I don't lose as much. Mm -hmm. And and so I just said, How are your day? And she said, Not fine. I'm going to bed. I didn't lose a lot. Yeah. But if I went, babe, I need to talk to you. I had a terrible day. And she says, I'm sorry, I'm too tired. We can't talk. Can we talk mm -hmm. about that tomorrow? Mm -hmm. I, I I just went bankrupt. Yep. And and so, yes, uh, you have a great point. I use physical to try to show the um, concreteness of it. but Yeah, because it's more obvious. Right. But the the those ones we tend to see better. Definitely. The ones that you're talking about, the emotional uh, bids, those ones are the ones that we many times goes over our heads and we don't see the significance of them. We don't, we're not aware of them even. We're not even looking for them. Yeah. Um, and but they have so much weight mm. to whether the relationship grows mm -hmm. stronger or um, the the couple starts drifting and turning into roommates instead of intimate partners. Yeah. Um, so Gottman, he showed this um, as he was in his research. He calls them the masters and the disasters. <laughs> so the masters are the people who who see the bids. They respond to the bids. And it's the exchange. It's you bid, you gave me a bid, I received it, and then I'm giving you a bat, bid back. Mm. And so um, there's a there's always an exchange. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's either I'm taking from you or I'm giving to you. Okay. Um, and so ultimately, really, you want to have that ba like a balanced exchange. Yeah. Um, and the disasters are the ones that they miss a lot of. The exchanges mm -hmm. a lot of miss a lot of the the bids um 
he saw in one of his studies that the masters, correct me if I'm wrong, I think mm -hmm. I got this, mm -hmm. the masters get the bids 80%, 86% of the time. Mm -hmm. they, they turn they, towards they, the they bid. They turn towards the bid 86% yep. of the time. So their, their antenna is aware of these emotional bids, these physical bids, whereas the disasters, they only turn towards each other 33% of the time. Mm. So it's kind of a, almost one third to a, um, close to a oh, I guess, hundred percent. Yeah, I was gonna say three thirds, but that's my bad math. <laughs> I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> it's um, a huge difference. It's a huge um, change, and Gottman in his material, he, he goes on. Um, there's a lot of work that he put into into moving towards. Um, success and in, in marriage, and this is like a foundational one that creates um, safety. He, his big focus, the uh, foundational, is like positive regard. Mm. As I love that term. Yeah, that I see you, and you have the best interest for me. Yeah, and I have the best interest for you. I re I I um think the best of you. I don't yeah. think the worst. Yeah. Like giving someone the benefit of the doubt yes. or, or seeing them in a, in a positive light, not assuming um, they are the enemy and mm -hmm. they are against you and they are right. trying to make your life harder. Not to say there's not things that we do as partners that bother us right. or that at that moment don't feel safe and good, mm -hmm. but overall seeing your partner with that. That I like to call it a generous lens, mm -hmm. like seeing them through that generous lens of being able to take into account their hard day yep. and and use and, and see them graciously through that, not just um, critically. Yep. And why I, I think this is so important to talk about now and following these last couple um, episodes of what you just touched on mm -hmm. is attachment has a big part on this and attunement. Yeah. So we've talked in the last couple episodes about attachment and attunement and how our parents, we, we desire our parents to attune to us. Our, our parents need to attune to us and move towards us and respond to us and really have the best um, a positive regard for us. Yeah. Um, allow us to have bad days, but mm -hmm. still love us and pursue us. Um, and then we've talked about how we need to do that with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, we'll talk more about that in future ones, about our story and understanding our story and experience how we have to be generous with ourselves. Yeah. And now that attunement that our parents gave to us, gave us an attachment, which um, many of us are insecure. Yeah. So we're going to have to give something to our spouse that we don't know how to give. Mm. And our spouse probably doesn't know how to give. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, that's going to trigger our attachment. Yes. And we're going, as an avoid attachment per, attach person, they're going to say, give that bid. How's your day? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be missed. It's like, I'm not cared for. This isn't safe. Yep. I'm not valued. So I'm not going to try that again. Yep. Pulling away. Or an anxious attached person is going to be like, um, how was your day? And it's missed. It's kind of like, it, not kind of a, is it not safe, but not, it's not safe. I'm a pull away. It's I'm not safe. I need to get some affirmation. Right. So they might try, um, they might try to just to over like, 
you know, those maladaptive ways that we try to get love and Mm -hmm. attention, like an anxiously attached person in that situation um, might do something to get a connection that really isn't what they needed. Mm, So maybe, maybe they would, they would reach out. um, So this episode, here's the warning we're going to be talking about some adult content. Um, So if you are listening with little children, you might want to pause it and listen to the rest later. Um, But it won't be explicit. It will just have um, some words that maybe your kids aren't ready to hear yet. You may not be ready for your kids to hear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so in that instance, say she, um, she realizes she needs connection, but mm. she's so vulnerable. Maybe she'll offer to have sex with her husband. Right. And that that's actually not really what she needed. Right. But she was knows it's that something. this will be something. Yeah. Like. It's a connection. I'll feel close and cared for and loved. But actually her heart needed something different. Yeah. And it was too scary. Yep. So it could look that way. That's a that's a fabulous example. Thank you. Because it's Again, the attached person is going to put their needs aside and try to attune to the person and say, okay, what do they need so that they can affirm me? And it's my, my need is I need somebody to be, hear me mm. and be with me, but they miss that. So maybe if I can have sex with them, then we can, then maybe there's an expectation of maybe then he'll listen to me. Or maybe then he'll ask or he'll guess or he'll read my mind. Right. And then he'll know. And I won't have to be so vulnerable as to put it out there myself. Exactly. And and you look at it from, we talk about it, we're like, oh my gosh, why? Like that's, right. that's, that's so not, obvious. That's so health, uh, obvious. Why would they do that? It doesn't sound helpful, but we do that stuff. Yeah. Because um, we want us, we're surviving. Mm-hmm. We're trying to survive the emotional turmoil of relationships. Yeah. Um, so uh, those are a couple of examples. Um, so what we're saying is essentially um, recognizing bids of your spouse is in itself attunement. Mm. And being able to attune to your spouse is related to your, your attachment. Yes. And in how people have attuned to you and have taught you um, – that skill mm-hmm. and so that's why uh, it's so important because in itself a bid is important mm-hmm. but what it, even deeper is is showing i'm attuned to you you matter and we're pursuing each other yeah and we in our our own experience we know that we want to be pursued but we forget and we miss that yep. so doesn't our spouse yeah exactly and it, depending on our attachment gives us the ability depends on our ability to pursue each other yeah. and how we do it. And like your example is I'm a, I'm pursuing my spouse, but I'm not, but my needs aren't getting met. Mm-hmm. And so you're just redoing the dysfunctional way that you did childhood mm-hmm. is my, my, my needs don't matter. Yep. And so you're getting that message that I'm not important and that doesn't create intimacy. No. An avoidance attached person is again, I'm going to avoid intimacy Mm -hmm. because it's not safe because they don't care. I don't matter. So why would I do that? And that doesn't obviously create intimacy. Mm -hmm. And so that's where self-regulation, emotional regulation goes into it. It's when there's a a bid missed is, okay, this hurts. What do I do with this pain? Do I go into my inner room and talk about how terrible my spouse is to me and, and 
fill on all the reasons why they aren't safe and I don't, I shouldn't be pursuing them. Yeah. Or do I say, I matter, this hurt, I need to go share with my spouse. Or my spouse had a bad day, I know this wasn't isn't what they met, but I still need to go tell them this was hurtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we'll just... I think this is a good time to maybe talk about some examples that we've we've been talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, because like we said, this has been a an important part of our relationship. Um, and we'll kind of show you how our attachment has played a part in it. <laughs> um, played a mess in it. <laughs> seriously. Um, and wishing that we had this language of a yeah. bid. Yeah. Fourteen years ago. Yeah. Um, and even attachment. Mm-hmm knowing how these play out um so just a few days ago we'll yeah. go with that one yeah there's it's crazy if you stop and think about this there's probably like dozens of these scenarios a week that don't yeah. necessarily go well. the way <laughs> they're supposed to i mean gottman says like people do hundreds of bids a day yep. small big all kinds of mm-hmm. sizes nonverbal, verbal uh, a sigh yep. could be a bid i mean yep. there's so many things we do as humans that are a bid for connection a bid for someone to see and recognize and respond to so there's so many um but yeah we had thought of one a few days ago that happened with um uh basically Luke, okay, why don't you start what you, yeah, you tell it because it was kind of your intention to do. Um, I was downstairs working out, listening to a podcast, and it was a podcast that you said it was good and it meant a lot to you. Mm -hmm. It was emotional for you. Yeah, which which me sending it to you was a a bid, and you responding and listening was was turning towards me. As an exchange of that currency. Yeah, but little did I know, I had no idea he had listened to that. Right. So he comes upstairs. And she, you asked me to come upstairs to print something off. Yeah. Um, it was in the morning, so I hadn't seen her yet. And I came up to print something off. And while I was listening to this podcast, I was like, my heart was breaking for her. I was like, oh, my gosh, I so see why this was emotional, why this was hard. I want to go talk with her and just hold her and, and be with her. Mm. And so I came up to to print something off that she was asking me to print off and she was busy. She was getting ready for the morning. She's, I think you had somewhere to go. And mm-hmm. so you were um, on the move and <laughs> I came up to printing it and you were in and out of the room. And at some point I turned to you and I don't remember exactly what I said, mm-hmm. but it was something about, I like, I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. And I off, I gave a bid yep. and it wasn't a very clear bid because you you didn't respond <laughs> well. <laughs> the bid was something about like kind of talk to you, and you're like, "Yeah, what?" Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was not just a conversation where like in passing. Yeah. So that hey, yeah, what was like? No, that's not what I wanted. And I said, I, I've out of my attachment of avoidance, so like, okay, this isn't safe. This isn't the right time. Move on. And I said, okay, never mind. And. You, res- you responded. Yeah. Then I realized, oh, he didn't just have something to tell me. He wanted to talk. And I realized, oh, I missed something here. Right. This was bigger. And then I'm like, well, what is it? As I'm kind of running out the door, um, recognizing there's something, but the can't wait till we talk about Enneagram numbers. Um, basically, it was like, I don't want to 
mess around. I don't want to play games and like be all like, oh, let me sit down and I just just tell me what it is. I need to go just get it out. Mm -hmm. That's my kind of um, the the rough side of me and my Enneagram number. Um, And so I I realize it. I respond back, not in a helpful way to the bid, Um, even then still not knowing it was actually something significant. Mm And it was actually for me. It was a gift of of love and connection for me. And he's like, never mind. It wasn't important. And I walk out. And I know that it was. I know he's saying that to protect himself. Um, but I, it was like the idea of not having enough margin can also lead to to the rea- to the spirit. reality that we can miss each other, um, even intentionally, but also not intentionally because we don't create space for conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't super late. So it wasn't like I was running out the door. Obviously, it's stuff like that. That's just not the right time. But um, yeah, so I, I didn't turn towards him in that bed. And then his response came from um, avoidant self-protection response. Mm-hmm. of Which is also as you'll find out as we talk about Enneagram is part of my number mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> as that my voice doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not safe. Yeah. So that combination. And so I turned her away and went on doing what I was doing. And I thought about it and was wrestling with what do I do with this? And part of me was like, just avoid it just forget it. Mm. And I did for a while. I would say, I want to say it's like a day later even. Yeah. Um, and the craziness of life. But I would say before we jump into you bringing it back up, we weren't fighting. No. And that was progress for us. Right. A lot of times, like kind something like that would have been like a fight. And I would have gone of, to my inner room. Mm-hmm, a point of contention where like we missed each other. We didn't have time to make it up. So just we're going to be fighting the rest of the day and not really talking, not really engaging. We didn't do that. Avoiding more risk would would be what I would be doing is I would be avoiding the opportunities of being rejected again is in my mind, Mm. even though that wasn't her intention, it wouldn't be her intention. Yeah. Um, And so that's really important to just, when you miss those beds, being reflective of what is my attachment doing and how is it being activated and how Mm. is it playing a part in this interaction? And so, yeah, progress was, I didn't um, see her as the enemy. We, yeah. we did just kind of go on with our day. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say about a day later, we got a moment where we were sitting down, talk, connecting. And I brought up and said and told her, babe, when you did this, this is what I wanted to talk about. And this is what I, I felt when you didn't have the time. And we were able to have a conversation, connect. and Yeah, and it was really meaningful to me that he um... – was so intentional to a listen to the the podcast and b um, reach out to me and share uh, and engage with me over that content and and she be trust with you me again. in it yeah it was just as a gift yeah um, so there was a lot of different things happening in that scenario um, and that happens all the time it happens all the time in every relationship and I would encourage you guys out there to. Look at those things and, and celebrate those failures, but recoveries. Right. Or it doesn't have to be perfect at first. It doesn't. I mean, it, it, it never will be perfect yeah. all the time. But I mean, like at first bid, right. even right. Like in a, a specific instance, it's, it, you might miss it. 
but you with safety developing safety in the relationship means that there's room to try again and that's a huge thing we were taking from that that situation is there was safety so that i did offer again our relationship has grown into the point of my one of my attachment isn't playing driving me so much sure and two there's felt safety where i can offer yeah again it's Whereas amazing in the past i really would have probably just let it go yeah and not try it again yeah um i don't suggest doing that and i would have missed out because <laughs> mm-hmm. it was a gift what you how you were connecting with me and you would have missed out because it it's always a gift to connect with your spouse exactly and at a heart level yeah and that again is uh, another just made me think of another thing of um part of relationship is not just noticing and attuning to bits, mm. but offering those bits. Yes, that's right. Um, as an avoidant attached person, it would be a lot easier to stay back and say, oh, I'm catching all the bits. Um, but <laughs> I'm not giving, I'm not meeting her in that vulnerable place of offering bits. Um, yeah. And it's and people might pride themselves in that. Like right. I'm such I'm so aware of what my spouse needs. I meet their needs, blah blah blah. Okay, how about yours? Yeah. Cause your needs are just as important and your relationship's still gonna go to the crapper mm-hmm. if you don't let your needs be known yeah. and let your spouse into your inner world of what you need and yeah. what you want. Exactly. And an anxious person, like we said before, be I'm more attuned to your needs and my needs don't matter. Mm. Not Again, not it's not safe, so I'm avoiding them. But I need you to feel safe, be, be happy, so you can tell me how good I am. Mm-hmm. Kind of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in your relationship, uh, um, kind of assess. Yeah, am I just receiving the bids? Am I or am I offering bids as well? Because that dance yeah. has to be happening. Yeah, it, it's the currency. It's the unit. Of emotional communication that's right you have to have an exchange and you want to have a balance a balance in the account yeah of your giving and taking and i would say for most people it's probably easier to take the bid to see what the spouse needs to meet the need to move on but asking for it is just that's really where the vulnerability of relational bids come in is the ask absolutely whether it's small or uh you know, reaching out for your spouse after a fight and uh, rubbing their back mm-hmm. while you're in bed at night. Mm-hmm. You've had a fight. It's kind of better, but it's still like, ah, you're still kind of an enemy and I'm afraid of you and mm-hmm. my heart's still racing and reaching out and rubbing your spouse's back. Yeah. That's could be like a two second um, move. Right. And it carries so much vulnerability yeah. because your spouse could stay rolled over and not and then I end that way. And you're just left exposed mm-hmm. and and hurting. Yeah. And you're testing the waters. Mm. I'm only going to touch her back and see if she's going to, re- he or she's going to respond. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, and you're just putting yourself out there. And is that bed received? And the spouse might be looking at it and it's like, oh, he's touching my back. That's nice. Or why is he touching my back? We're fighting. Yeah. And that attune, that, self-regulation isn't happening Mm -hmm. so they're able to see that bed being Mm -hmm. offered so it's um really all connects that attachment self-regulation 
how that plays a part in our, our relationships. Um, it could be also um, related to sex. Sex is such a vulnerable um, engagement to begin with. Yeah. Um, not just sex, but anything, any sexuality. Yeah. Anything sexual um, could be um, your spouse's, your wife's in the kitchen um, cooking and you come up behind her and give her a hug. <laughs> <laughs> this has never happened, audience. <laughs> never ever. I was taking a hypothetical. Totally example. hypothetical. Um. Okay, so this might have happened once or twice. This, yeah, this was a major issue early um, on in our marriage. Yeah. Lauren's cooking dinner, and um, maybe I just got home from work. I come behind her, give her a hug, um, and she's like, "What are you doing? I'm cooking." Uh, like, it's usually not that strong. Okay, that's how right. that, that's the message you get, right? Which is an important part. That's definitely what you receive, but it's it's more subtle than that. But it still yes. carries weight. I mean, it's still very much the message, <laughs> just right. a little nicer. Yeah, uh, right. It might be more like, of uh, like kind of pushing like a, you like, off. Or okay, babe, thanks. Uh, I, I need to, I need to, I need to go do this. Yeah, that's more my style. Right. <laughs> but how I would receive it was, what are you doing? Yeah, like. Get your hands off of me. Yeah. And it was it was hurtful. Mm -hmm. It was hard. Um and it there was times where I would I stopped doing that. Yeah. And it, because I realized I just I got the message, you didn't want that. You didn't um this wasn't your love language. Mm -hmm. It was more of an inconvenience. Um but through the time we've talked about that. Yeah. We've had lots of conversations about not just that situation, but bids and which engaged with that situation mm -hmm. and you've i've been able to know okay there's times to throw that bit out because you're busy is probably not the best but there's also times where you're like oh wait this is a bid mm -hmm. okay i am cooking mm -hmm. dinner but let me turn around say like acknowledge this bed yeah 10 seconds yeah and, and we'll move on yeah like it, it you start realizing it doesn't have to be a 30 minute conversation. Right. Right. And there's the give and take of both, both people um, growing in that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is, it's when you don't have emotional regulation yourself, yep. it's very hard to like, basically what you did as the young married husband was the safe route because figuring out when it's okay, what she wants, what she doesn't want, that requires a lot of, um, risk on your part yeah. it, it brings a lot of risk and so where you were at that point to do that was just it was just too much mm -hmm. it was way too much so the more you matured and in, in your um your self-identity and in the strength of our relationship yep. you were able to be like okay it's just not all or nothing right very very few things in life are all or nothing it's let me attune to her and figure out her needs and see how i can get my needs met to have physical touch with her, but also her needs met. So it's like, it requires so much. Um, being human is hard, guys. So hard. <laughs> and it requires a lot of emotional fortitude to be able to examine all that and figure out a way to, to make that work. Mm -hmm. And then also for me to emotionally regulate myself and not be like running around the kitchen like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to get it done quickly and being all stressed and hyper because I'm um, hyper aroused during that and I'm not regulated well. So that takes a lot of growth for me to get to a point where I can go about doing what I need to do, being regulated, 
Um, and then when you come to me, being able to receive your bed yeah. and being able to enjoy those those 30 seconds together as we hug while I'm, you know, waiting on the pasta to yeah. finish or whatever. It's yeah. it's uh and me realizing when you're over the stove cooking pasta is not a good time to hug. Maybe <laughs> I can stand next to you, talk to you. Yeah. And when you move on to something less intensive, yep. I can give you that hug. Yeah. And that's where we've had that dance yeah. of learning how to how to do that. Um, so what was it? So we kind of talked about what it looks like for you when you, when you don't see a bed that yeah. I've given you and how it respond, how it triggers my avoidant. What's an example of how I miss a bit of, I've missed and it triggers how it triggers your anxiety. Okay. So again, I'm anxiously attached, um, and I am earning a secure attachment with my we husband. We are earning. We're and working hard it on is, that. It is a trophy that is well worth the work. Earn is a is a good word for it. It is. It is a really good. You don't just get it. You literally have to earn it day by day, yeah. um, moment by moment, bid by bid. Mm. Um, I think when I thankfully you tend to be more uh, emotionally aware than a lot of people and maybe uh than the average dude i don't know i have only been married to one man i can't say but um because of the way god's gifted you in the emotional realm you do tend to notice when i'm off and when i'm not feeling well i would say the thing that uh you where uh this is missed is like if you are in a good space if you're not regulated mm. if you're really hypo and just feeling kind of depressed and crappy you might notice you might have the attunement to see wow she looks like she's really struggling mm -hmm. or she might need me or yeah. she you know she's trying to reach out to me but you may not be able to respond with a emotionally robust response that really soothes and meets that bid yeah. um to the level that i maybe want yeah, I, and so when that happens, mm -hmm. what what does that trigger within you? Um, yeah, it definitely makes me feel the reality of my insecure attachment. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think don't care. Would, yeah, he, he doesn't. I'm not there for you. Care or needs aren't important. His needs are more important than mm -hmm. mine. He wants to do whatever or not do whatever because he doesn't have enough. Um, just whatever to will to get to what I need right now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think I would assume I would feel that maybe yeah, it's subconscious. Yeah, right. um, a lot of these attachment things are subconscious, but I think I would feel less cared for less, um, less valued by you and less secure in the relationship. Okay. If I don't have him right now, I have, uh, who, who do I have? Yeah. And am I alone? And this feels really bad because this feeling alone is hard and now I'm alone in it. Right. I think that's what an insecurely, uh, avoidantly attached person would feel. Anxious attached. Yeah. Uh, did I say avoidant? You did. Anxiously attached person would feel. And a couple of, like, I think um, one of the ways that it played out a lot, has played out a lot in our yeah. marriage, is because my avoidant attachment, emotions were really hard for me to experience. Definitely. And so if you're sad, um, crying hurt whether it's from me or somebody else or mad at you or mad yeah mad was, mad. was a hard one right that's true <laughs> i couldn't allow you to be in those emotions 
um, I had to either fix it, move on. If it was me, it. if it was me, like, okay, you're mad at me. Okay, what did I do wrong? How can I fix it? Mm-hmm. If you're sad or mad at something else, it was, I was just, I was an empty body mm. or a warm body. Yeah. And, but emotionally, it was, I wasn't in the same room. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember, probably not going to get this right, but um, like uh, I, somebody's, I can't remember who had said it, but it was being emotionally, uh, I was like physically in your, in the mm. room, but emotionally in another room and mm. how damaging and kind of like an abandonment that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I wasn't going to get it right, but that is that idea yeah. of, and I, and I was sitting there like, I'm here, babe. Like mm-hmm. I'm listening to you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm even holding you. Yeah. And in the moment, I didn't have the awareness mm-hmm. or the regulation to see that's all I'm doing. Right. I am just a warm body yep. allowing you to cry. And really, I'm, I'm, I'm in a form of hypo right? because this emotion feels a bit too big. Mm-hmm. And so my body's been trained to just, when, when that happens, you just shut it all down. Shut it all down. I, I knew how to be angry and happy. Yeah. Like, so if you're angry at me. Let me get angry too. Yeah, let me get angry too. Or if you're sad, I don't know what to do that. So I just shut it down. Definitely. Um, And since I didn't know what that, like uh, anxiously attached people generally have um, a real like sixth sense about things, about like what the connection is like, the strength of it. And they've done it to survive. It's a survival skill really, because you've learned how to navigate in the world and, and get your needs to be loved met but you've had to attune overly to people and kind of have that sixth sense of what's really happening under. They, they have the, a, a anxiously attached people have a, a heightened ability to um, read um, body language. Okay. That's yeah, that's, that's it. So it was like, I knew it and I felt it, but it wasn't a tangible thing that I could be like, well, you're not doing X, Y, Z. So it, I almost felt crazy. Mm-hmm. Like um, there were some points of, of massive grief of outside of our relationship, but with other things that I would just be like sobbing in bed and I would feel like uh, just deep, deep grief. And you would be there for me. Like you're not going to walk out. You right. know that that was is clearly hurtful, but you were emotionally very much offline. Mm-hmm. And But I didn't know, and you didn't know. I mean, we we just didn't know what was happening, but I could feel it. I could sense that it was mechanical and that it was emotionally void, uh, void of emotional Mm -hmm. like um, energy. And so I felt alone, even with you literally holding me. Right. And that's where it's, again, I mean, I wasn't turning against the bed. I was trying to turn towards the bed, but not being able to do it because of my attachment and my inability to be emotionally regulated. Yeah. And so... I had good motives, sure, but couldn't do it. Yeah, that's a it's a good, really good reminder for everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Motive isn't isn't everything, right? And um, so those are so that that was, I mean, that's played out numerous times. Yeah, and and until I have been on this um, journey towards looking at my story and grieving um, stuff that I've allowed, been able to 
turn those emotions on right and be present attuning to them in yourself yep. a person can't attune well to emotions in other people that they haven't been able to experience safely for themselves exactly and so as you started to learn to grieve it was like you were now available to me right. to grieve which yep. was like oh my gosh this is such a gift he's here now so whatever we face moving forward we can grieve and be together in our sorrow and it not be like we're absent yeah and and it doesn't mean that i have to be crying with you no it doesn't it, it may not look from the outward right very differently but it feels different but i i'm attuning to your emotions rather than just being in a warm body yeah because you you have done that work to attune to your own um which is just such a gift like a lot of people think oh emotional health self-care blah 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 that's selfish yeah we've heard those things think about it though if you can't give what you don't have if you can't attune to someone in a way that you haven't attuned to your own inner world learning to do that and learning to attune to your inner world is such a profound gift you're offering a to yourself who matters yeah. and b to every other person that you have a close relationship with yep. it is a massive massive gift yep. that you offer continually that you can offer continually once you learn how yep. to the rest of your relationships which is really if you get down to it the way to love right which is love is like the most compelling um ideal that we strive towards yeah adam young says in uh and place we find ourselves podcast that um, the per the reason to do your story work is to be able to have empathy and love other people because mm. you can't um, significantly love and have empathy for people when you haven't been able to experience that for yourself. Mm. Because if you're not able to sit in the pain of your own pain, yeah, then you're going to over spiritualize or um, pop up emotionally and move and skip over other people's emotions because yeah. you're going to want to fix theirs just like you've tried to ignore stuff or fix your own emotions so that you don't have to feel that weight. Yeah. And so it's so important um, to do that for yourself so that you can do that for your, your spouse, your kids and anybody else that you're interacting yeah. with. Yeah. And as you become healthier, <laughs> be careful, don't weaponize this, but you can start looking at other people and saying, Oh, I can have empathy for that person as they're being a, rude to me mm -hmm. like i bet you they're they're dysregulated mm -hmm. they're very hyper or very hypo or they must be really stressed and you can start having that compassion for people it's not a parlor trick but it's mm -hmm. just like oh i see what they're going through because i was able to look at what this is how i i respond the same way mm -hmm. when i was dysregulated or um and so there's that compassion for people and it creates connection um throughout your life so how do you see this playing out um the idea of bids relationally how do you see that playing out in sex lives um of, of your clients and people you read about and ourselves yeah um i see this having a significant impact um there's we go into a lot of people go into marriage with expectations of, yeah of frequency of um what sex looks like um how yeah how often uh roles mm -hmm. um who should be have a sexual uh, higher sexual um desire mm -hmm. and and so all of those expectations um play in a part of am i allowed to have a bid yeah and so 
Um, there's been several instances where um, the woman has a higher sex drive than the man, but she deadens it because mm -hmm. she's the shame is like, oh, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't want sex this often. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to um, give that bit out because mm -hmm. uh, culturally tell culture tells me I shouldn't have this bit. So it, it, it minimizes that desire. So my, my needs don't matter. Um, it could be, um, uh, uh, like what does, like just that, um, expectation and it's like frozen mm. or frozen in that fear of because of this, this box is what sex looks like. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't ask for anything outside the box. Mm -hmm. Um, so like a guy thinking, well, we already had sex once this week. We already had sex twice this week. And, you know, that's what that's what I read is average or normal or whatever. And mm -hmm. but uh, I would like to be with my wife again, but I don't want to be perceived in a bad light by her. I don't want her to think she, I'm using her or that I right. just have this crazy drive that's um, unad unadmirable. Yeah. Um, and so instead of pursuing and, and making that bid, um, he he deadens that he deadens it or he tests the waters okay maybe he gives a back rub or kisses his wife yeah and she doesn't respond to it sure so he takes that is okay i can already tell it reads into it right. or whatever that this isn't going to go well and i need to just put my need my desires my needs aside yeah it doesn't talk about it because mm -hmm. there's, there's already rejection and fear mm -hmm. um uh, frequency or even like what they do during sex mm -hmm. um there's this again a box of what is appropriate what is kosher um quote unquote and and it so they don't they miss out on the uh, adventure and exploration of sex yeah like sex is created for your husband and wife to um to investigate, to have fun, mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. explore. explore. And um, there may be things that they do like, no, we don't want to do that again. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But like you have a lifetime. Sex is a, a lifetime to explore how to meet each other's needs. Right. How to make each other happy, how to have, have fun. And if that communication isn't open with the bids and the responding to bids, how in the world do you ever know? Right. Like if you're supposed to progress and develop this this beautiful, connected, um, mutually enjoyable sex life, how do you do that if you can't enter in? I mean, it's it's super scary. Right. It's super vulnerable. Talk about vulnerability of relational bids, sexually sexual bids, and all that that entails is really vulnerable. Yep. And um, I think that's why people probably tend to avoid it. And mm -hmm. just like you said, this is the way we'll do it. I, I have different desires or mm -hmm. whatever, and I'm not going to let that be known yeah. um, because it's, it's just terrifying. Right. And, and even um, frequency of orgasm, I mean, mm -hmm. um, that's been something I've seen in, in clients of the woman not having, not knowing that it's okay for her to have a desire yeah. or to have that need and say, can we focus on this? Right. Can we work on this? Yeah. Um, and but really it's a i mean sex is a mutually satisfying it's supposed to be a mutually satisfying experience yeah. and having that conversation that maybe the woman doesn't need to have an orgasm every time mm -hmm. 
but the fact that she has a voice to say, not today I would like to, yeah, is is, is important. Yeah, like she should have that um, that voice and that be able to give that bid and not feel like uh, I'm a hypersexual woman right. and, and have shame. Yeah. Um, but I mean, scientifically, the only purpose for a clitoris <laughs> is for an orgasm. Literally the only purpose. And so God loves woman. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And um, she should have that freedom Yeah. to say, can we work towards this tonight? Right. Um, I think the culture that you come from too, like what type of um, religious culture have you been in, grown up in, what type of purity culture or mm -hmm. um, have women had a voice? Um, has sex been an area that can be talked about comfortably? And going into that, those shape the ideals yeah. that you come into marriage with, um, whether or not you know it or not. And I think even culturally, even if there's not a religious component, um, culturally, definitely we gather as kids, um, sex is pretty much for men and women get, give that to get love. Right. And they, they actually don't really have a strong sexual component to their you know ne sexual needs they just they it's kind of like a means to an end right. it's a means to keeping your man it's a yep. means to if he's satisfied then he'll be happy won't walk out on your marriage oh gosh yeah don't even get me started on that and so all of that will stop you from bidding yep um definitely uh you just said something that was i did I lost my train i of said thought. i said a lot of things you did, did. it was so good <laughs> um the culture that you you come into the relationship with yeah. um, really matters, and that's why communication. Because you and your husband might have a different a different mindset. You may have come in as a woman thinking this is going to be just as much for me as it is for him, hmm. and he may have not seen that played out in the you know relationships in his life um, that where you know where that was communicated, and uh, you may have to tell him actually I don't I don't intend to that this is just for you. Right. I, I want to be just as much involved and, mm -hmm. and, and having my desires met too. Yeah. And it's, it, that's what I was saying. Thank yes, you. Yes. You found it. Good I job. did. Um, just the, uh, the emotional aspect of, of sex. Um, those, these bids, it's, it's all emotionally connected. Yeah. And so even the, the aspect of uh, of a woman like saying my sexual needs are important mm -hmm. i would like to have an orgasm tonight mm -hmm. like being as bold as of that is mm -hmm. saying okay I'm, i want an orgasm tonight can mm -hmm. we work towards that mm -hmm. is an emotional bed yeah and how the husband responds to that is a emotional response definitely and so another box that we put sex in is it's physical right it's, it's mechanical. mechanical yeah it's um how good it feels how good you are at it is all mechanical lies 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 absolutely it is and and we will also say in that box emotionally it's good for a woman to be it's, it's an emotional experience for a woman mm. um but another lie yeah it, it, I believe it is just as much of an emotional experience for a man Definitely. as it is for a woman. Definitely. Yes, it's going to be easier to climax for a guy physically, mm -hmm. but to 
as far as it is to emotionally to for be emotionally satisfying mm -hmm. and to create intimacy within the marriage yeah. and to have that freedom for him to give those beds mm -hmm. is there's going to have to be emotional safety and an emotional realm within that conversation and those engagements definitely um because yeah it's just i think foundational and i would say just just to um a little bit personal but i couldn't care less ask any friend i know i have <laughs> absolutely true. no problem talking about sex um i would say like the emotional intimacy that we've developed mm -hmm. over the last um, several years and us being willing to do all the hard work of knowing each other and tending to each other's emotional needs um has has made our sexual relationship um that was already good uh, a thousand times better because yeah. we have such a connection on an emotional level which yep. is who you really are like yes we have bodies yep. but your emotion your heart your soul whatever you want to call it that's who you really are yep. um and if you if you're engaging in sex and it's just two bodies that are very disconnected emotionally it's really um it's limited yeah. in the the connection and the pleasure that it can bring yeah. um and i'm just thinking of like you know when you're first married and everything's new and fresh and exciting and hormones are a little different maybe mm -hmm. even that pales in comparison like the connection yeah. and the goodness of that pales to what we're able to experience now exactly. because of emotional health I, I couldn't agree more um and i think that's where i saw how important well my, I saw the importance of emotion, emotional health of a guy yeah. as I became more emotionally healthy and we I experienced and saw our emotional connection growing yeah. in a more in a deeper way. Um, and <clears throat> yeah, and it, I was trying to decide if I want to go in another direction, if as we're getting along, so probably Pro not. Probably not. <laughs> Um, there's, there's so much we covered a lot. here. Yeah, we can um, do more episodes specifically on the topic of sex too. And um, so, yeah, bids are super mm. important. It's like and, the 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 life force of a relationship. Yes. And so, I just encourage you guys to have these conversations with your spouse. Um, if you're not married, think about these things. Yeah. Um, how do you? How's your boyfriend, girlfriend responding to your your um, bids? That's going to be an important um, prediction. Um, Absolutely. And um, how it interacts and affects all parts of, of a relationship, uh, whether it's um, sexual, whether it's emotional, whether um, it's a, a, a tactile, bed or a more um harder to see one of a mm -hmm. of a subtle. a subtle offering of testing the waters of how's your day um but all of those are connected on the a emotional spiritual physical sexual um way and so thank you guys for listening today I, we've, yeah, i've really enjoyed i have to talk about great. this um sharing this and give us your feedback and let us know what you think and if you have any um ideas for future podcasts we already have a schedule but we are eager to hear any ideas anyone has yeah. then we will put that into our schedule so uh that's all for now we'll see you next time while it is a joy to provide our podcast content as a source of life enrichment please note that information shared is not intended to replace 
or contradict any professional therapy or medical advice.